Alright everybody, we're back for episode 2 of what is now called the Precision Unloaded Podcast, hosted by Taranaki Long Range Shooting. I'm here with Mark again, he's going to be the regular co-host. Um, <clears throat> so we've had a reasonable response to the first podcast, we had uh, not a massive amount of downloads, but a significant amount anyway, um, and it's received reasonably well, a uh, few complaints about audio, uh, so we've made significant investments in the last week so hopefully that comes through otherwise it's just sort of um, a bunch of money down the drain but anyway we're working on it we're trying to get better and um, again trying to figure out how to edit it and run it nicely through a computer um, yeah so that's that so we've named it the um, precision unloaded podcast uh, we sort of it sounds cool one of the reasons um, and um, cooler 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 and than matrix have. apparently matrix reloaded um, was terrible was terrible so we didn't want to go with reloaded so we've gone with unloaded um, but don't read into it too much there's no hidden meanings or anything it's just yes um, all the cool names are already taken um, and reload has been done to death yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah so we've sort of the goal of tonight is to talk about uh, maybe some upcoming events uh, what we've been doing in the last sort of two or three weeks since the previous podcast and maybe a new few things that have been sort of um released or going to be released in the precision shooting world and yeah we'll just sort of see where it goes there's no sort of strict format or um selection of topics it's sort of just yeah yarning and seeing where it takes us so so what have you been up to mark for the last uh several weeks uh well since we last talked i've basically been um getting used to shooting my browning x-bolt with the suppressor on it which has been great taking the muzzle brake off the radial one that it had and um it's a lot better to shoot currently um it was a hardy gen 6 i think suppressor so it's been good to use um and just getting a bit more accuracy for everyday shooting sort of thing so i've been doing quite a bit of goat shooting lately pest control wise winter's a good time to do it if you know issues with flies and that in the summer so um and sort of uh, creating a few strategic uh, piles of goats for pigs, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so what pig- calibre is that rifle? 6.5 Creedmoor. So. Oh, okay, what, what ammo are you using? Uh, I've been burning through a bit of um, Sarko ammo, the 130 grain stuff, yep. which I think is use a game changer projectile, the green tip. I yep. think that's what it is. So I've been really yeah, pretty happy with that. It's been certainly, I don't know, I get the impression it's dropping stuff with... Uh, <laughs> sort yep. of um, authority so and then uh, I've just gone back to the American Gunner which you you use as well mm-hmm. so um, yep. which is 140 grain it's about 100 bucks for 50 so it's pretty good yeah I did notice in a few shops I've seen it had gone up to nearly 140 now which sort of is a shame but anyway oh great um, the exchange rate yes, yeah I forgot about that yeah I'm sort of moving towards mostly reloading Creedmoor now um, yeah yeah, well, I had trouble finding some LDX 143 game projectiles. So mm-hmm. the last reloads I did were the um, SSTs, Hornady ones, you know, mm-hmm. the 129 grains. So. Yeah. How did they perform? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, obviously, my reloading accuracy is probably a bit uh, agricultural. So. <laughs> no comment. <clears throat> I think the speed tested it had a bit of variability in it. But, yeah. uh, well, I mean, you can sort of get away with um, a. R- not too extreme, but a reasonable um, sort of velocity spread of 40 to 50 inside 500 metres. 
um, it's once you sort of start pushing out a lot further that's when <coughs> it's really going to make itself known um, so yeah it depends on use the SST is not exactly a long-range precision bullet to begin with um, and that's probably a standard uh, velocity spread for uh, factory ammunition anyway for especially the more hunting type stuff yeah 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 true yeah but no what else have uh um picked up a chris 22 mm-hmm. so the um so yeah initial impressions set it up put my uni mount um loophole one on with a um zeiss 3d9 scope one that came with the one of those sour 100 packages back in the day um so that's sort of my go-to when I'm just testing out a new gun sort of scope because I can whip it on and off anything just with that one mount. Yeah. So now I've been sighted in, had really few failures to fire on some federal ammo. It seems to strike pretty light, the firing pin, uh, compared to, say, what you see with it, what I'm using, you know, my 1022 and that sort of thing. So, But since then, just been using Hornady Subsonics, ah, uh, sorry, CCI Subsonics and had no issue not a single failure at all so for an out-of-the-box gun it's gone pretty damn well and i like the magazines um really easy to load you don't get that um thumb wearing away thing you know with 1022 mags the rotary so they're quite stiff compared to these um good size mags and it's good to get that used to our AR controls again on the gun so yeah it was quite nice shooting it the other day and actually closing the bolt by slapping the side and yeah all the things we'd sort of been banished from doing with our centerfires so and, no, and the mags are relatively cheap aren't they so it's not yeah that was 50 odd bucks yeah that's so fantastic. i got about three extras with it yeah um and therefore when i'm basically heading out doing possum shooting and that sort of thing you pretty much got to load 40 rounds and away you go sort of thing yeah which keeps you going for a while yeah. so yeah it'll be quite the little uh little weapon on the uh possums and rabbits won't it no the only issue i have is a bit of adjustment to the um the scope slightly higher above the bore i suppose mm-hmm. than what on the 1022 i've got so that short real short range stuff you've got to make sure you're above. oh true your you, you <coughs> scope height to bore offset yeah yeah we've <coughs> possum hunting we've always generally done it with more conventional style firearms no and it's uh so you're basically going to aim above the head because so, most most possum shots are probably 10 to 15 yards really when you're, yep. you're jumping off the bike or whatever to yep. shoot yeah yeah, so. and yeah that's something i hadn't considered actually because i don't ever use that sort of platform for um sport shooting or goat culling so so no uh probably look to go put a laser on it at mm-hmm. some point now um just got to do a bit of research on what's out there so any anyone's going to need tips i'd be interested they seem quite cheap the lasers you might be able to get one that's hot enough to bloody burn the possums out of the tree <laughs> at that range uh surplus us military <laughs> laser yeah i think the power consumption Charles. power consumption would be a bit high Graham. and if you catch it on fire the fur is not worth hell of a lot true yeah. and out here it's pretty hard to start a fire <coughs> to save yourself given how wet it is so yeah that's true that's true but no it'd probably be handy i mean and, and as someone was talking about the lasers are just good to pointing out to other people when you're shooting mm. where where the possum is yeah oh definitely <laughs> you're forever going can you see it? No, yeah. I can't see it. Can yeah, you see it? No, it's I can up see the tree. It. It's up the tree. It's right by in front the fork, of me. by the leaves. Yeah. No, still can't see it. Yeah. Ah, just give me the gun. I'll that's, shoot that's it. been a problem since I was a kid. The same, oh, probably since before time started, isn't it? So yeah. Um, laser pointers definitely help there. Yeah. Any 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 pigs? Feral pigs? Since we last talked. Uh, well, we shot some after we filmed the last podcast. Yeah, we did. We shot a, a very large sow and another good size sow. 
Yeah, that about was half an hour later. So that was after we'd recorded. Yeah. So about ten thirty at night, I think it was. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's got rid of a few, but um, still they're they're out there. A bit less activity in the last couple of weeks, sign wise, but yeah, still plenty of pigs roaming around. Well, that weekend was Jeff shot four, you shot two, and then you shot another one the next day. So that was a seven possum, a yeah. seven pig over two days. It was pretty good. No, and my regular dog pig hunters have been back now since the restrictions have lifted and everything, so mm-hmm. um, nothing like getting them chased with dogs to actually get them moving on, rather than, yeah. I find shooting them at night and that they'll still be hanging around in that area, Yeah. whereas the dogs will tend to chase them off to another somewhere else, so. Yeah, some other poor buggers fun. Yeah, well, they'll be back, that's the thing, <laughs> they always. Yeah, oh, it's definitely, it's good, it's good, and I tell you what, when you were, we were, what, you shot those two pigs, me and Jeff from it was on the previous podcast we were standing there in the dark and the pigs were running around grunting and <laughs> making a hell of a racket and oh, I'm not going to pretend I was a little bit um, shit in my pants a little bit because <laughs> how close they were and just not having any idea what was going on in the dark um, no but you sorted it out for us <laughs> it's great when only one person's got the thermal imager so yeah and everyone yeah. else is just wondering what's happening so yeah, I was trying to act cool but <laughs> yeah one of them was circling around behind us because it decided yeah. that was the only way to get away so yeah um, oh well she's uh yeah well jeff took a nice big sour home he's had it all processed up he reckons he's got enough bacon to last a year so he's pretty happy um yeah they were in very good condition actually so yeah thanks to your uh paddocks they tore up eh? <laughs> yes <laughs> a bit more regrassing so yeah yeah but no i think there's um yeah with, there's a few pig hunting competitions coming up again now they've sort of re Scheduled a couple of dates, so that should help prior to lambing. Do they um pig wise? Do they pack a sad if you shoot, rifle shoot a pig and take it like thermal hunt it? No, as far as I know, it's um yeah the standard. They don't mind, although you know it's like any any sport, whether it be precision shooting or anything. There's people that are traditionalists. Yeah, yeah. That'll think pig hunting with dogs is the only way to go, or um, but I just find you know. It's a bit different with me on the farm every day, so if I had the opportunity to see one more often than someone who's coming once a weekend to pig hunt or something, mm. so I just, by virtue of being out every day, if you don't carry a gun, you know, the old adage, the things you see when you're not carrying a gun, yeah, yeah. a lot, normally, so. Yeah. The first ever wild deer I seen um, was like that, I went down South Island and my workmate said, take your rifle, no, 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 and then sure enough went out in the bush and <laughs> there was first red deer i ever seen sitting in front of me yeah and so I, I i pretended to shoot it but uh that was about the extent of it although my wife would have been pretty mad at me to be honest she's uh she doesn't particularly like it when i shoot the bambies but uh she still eats them funnily enough yeah and I, i've got a few good stories about that with uh going on long hunting trips and saying make sure you've got a gun ready on the way up the track you'll probably see one and sure enough one walks out 30 feet in front of the ute pull up guy gets out <clears throat> pulls the trigger deer runs away so <laughs> and our one best chance for the whole weekend was that gone was it. That yeah was it, that, that's normally what happens after that we had no luck so yeah nah, be ready be ready from, from off the go um you know nag in the pocket and chuck yeah. it in if need be and we um, even came back the next day to look for it because he was so certain he'd hit it but yeah. uh unfortunately we could not find any sign so i to think it was a clean miss when we did sight <coughs> we checked his gun zero a few days later it was uh 
way out. It has so. to be pretty bad to miss that close. Yeah, I, 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 think, so I, I combine technique with something. Yeah. One I issue know. I see a lot is guys, um, again, I'm not a super experienced hunter, most of what I do is pest control type stuff, but <clears throat> they'll walk around with their magnification up a bit high, or if they've got a scope with parallax adjustment, they'll have the parallax at like 200 or 450 or whatever, instead of zooming this, the optical zoom right down to three or five or whatever. And then same thing on the parallax. So if you see, you're walking up a track, um, straight away you're ready to go. You know, you can see the deer clearly, identify your target, take the shot instead of just seeing blur or bushes or whatever. Um, yeah, I see it quite often. Yeah, scope complexities contributed to that, I think. Yeah, and, and, and I'm guilty of it myself as well. Like, I'll, you got the parallax, you got the zero stop, or and yeah. you know, one rotation out, you forgot to reset it. Yeah. I left the power on and now it's flat, which if it's got a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, I guess that's practice, but I st- uh, people still bugger it up no matter how good you are, I guess. Um, yeah. So. But that's part of you know what we talk about in this podcast is around the more you shoot at longer ranges, the better you get at shorter ranges too, so you learn a lot more. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what have I been doing for the last two yes. three weeks? Um, a lot of 308. A lot of 308, actually. That, that how we're up. It's gone from shooting um, cheap factory ammunition um, to... So just detail that... Um, oh, so sorry, sorry. The I've, For those of you who follow the stuff on Instagram and Facebook, it's uh, I've got a Howa 1500 heavy barrel, ac- uh, sorry, barrel action with a varmint contour, 26-inch barrel, so trying to keep a bit of velocity. Um, and I've got a Boyd's At One stock and an Atlas Precision Works, or whatever the name is, bottom metal so it can take... So that's the Boyd stock with a push button yes, length yes, of pull so and the, yeah. comb height adjustable. Comb height and thing yeah. are um, push button adjustable, which is quite nice. It's, quite it's got a, a bit of a funky look to it. Quite a snazzy looking stock, I think. Yeah, it's uh, for some more traditional shooters, it's a bit much for them, but um, it's cool. It's just a bit different. I've got a lot of sort of... It's wood, so it's a bridge between the two, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so that, put that together, I've developed a hand load with the uh, 169. ELDM from Hornady. Um, got it going about 2,715 feet per second. I've, the load's pretty down accurate actually. Um, and I haven't got the the um, the velocity spread too low. It's at about 14, 15, 15. So it's good. It's good enough what I'm trying to do. Out to K, that's plenty, plenty consistent. And uh, oh, we we're doing some shooting with it just the other day. Out to K, and then we'd, I shot a group at 500 yards. That was um, pretty impressive, actually, with Mark last weekend. So, How many and then we went. That was, was about four inches, wasn't it? A uh, bit shit better than that. Better than that, three <laughs> inches at five hundred. Um, <coughs> and and then, I, then I went and ruined the group. Yeah, the Mark shot a group on top of my group. Anyway, that's all right. Um, and then we went and sort of dealt to a bunch of goats, uh, even getting one out at about six fifteen, which did require a follow up shot. Um, I hit a little bit far back, probably further than I should be shooting it, but. I, I did it regardless, and um, yeah, no, it, it, it did it, it. It anchored it, and I just had to put another one into it. Quickly. No, but the conditions were good though. We had no wind, and yes. um, it was yes. pretty good shoot uphill that range. Yeah. So you must be getting pretty confident. Oh, yeah, up to six hundred with with, with that gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd prefer my my rim mag for that kind of distance. Um, but again, it was a small goat. It wasn't a large goat, so it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah, it's pretty deep. That's just, just sum that up. And then the so rim is a through eight demiser. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the 308. It's this. It's a pretty. Yeah, I've never used it much, and so I'm putting stuff about guns on the internet. So I thought I'd better actually learn something about it. 
and, and see what it's like in the wind at long range, out to a K, possibly further when the farm up here dries out. And um, so far it's it's impressing me. Um, again, I, I, I've got an accurate load, so that definitely helps. And, yeah. Uh, I'm like I'm using a powder that's not hard to get, like an AR two two oh eight. It doesn't seem to run out like other things, um, so I can sort of put plenty of um, sh- shivers. I'm already up to nearly three hundred rounds down it. Yeah. <laughs> so you gonna try any long, well, you know, longer projectiles or anything more? Bit uh, more I, I planned on playing with the one seventy five SMK, the Sierra Match King. Yeah. But the, the initial work I did is yielding results that exceed what I need. In respect to that, so I'm kind of thinking they're like $85 a box. The SMKs are over 100 Yeah. And it's already shooting well enough for practical use. So I'll probably just stick with the Hornaday. Um, so you're going to use it in competition? Ooh, that's a good question. So I used to mix up competitions and take different guns, and my results always suffered. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... It's part of the challenge. Just wake up in the morning and go, right, I'll take this gun. Yeah, what have, what have I got ammo for? No, so I will likely stick, for the major competitions anyway, to my um, my Bagara 65 Primor. Um, because it's just familiar. Uh, yeah, if there's a malfunction, I can clear it quickly. And I don't know, it's just, yeah. I used to do that. I used to swap guns and it, my res- you'd always, I'd move 10 places in the positions. With the Bagara, I can get sort of a top 10 finish in like a sort of North Island level match. Whereas if when I didn't, I'd, I'd get pushed out to 20th and finish mid-pack. So there, there is potential for the 6-5 to be replaced. So you've changed your mind on the greatest thing is not the triumph, but the struggle. You want to triumph now. So you're... I, hey, I, I would love... my. I'm, well, I've always got a goal when I, when I enter a competition. I, want, I don't want to go there and do bad. Yeah. I want to get better every time you know and become a better shooter and it's a really good way of testing your practical shooting skills well the only way I don't, don't get last Graham is making sure there's children entering <laughs> <laughs> my goal's set pretty low or like one guy's gun broke and he missed a few stages true <laughs> but yeah but so like I've, I've got a goal of sort of getting top three at say um, Tarata match or Haotapu or something Whereas um, I hope pe- it rains and people go home early, providing some <laughs> low scores. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I think what, what's my best results are sixth at Tarada. Uh, and there were some good shooters there that year too, so it wasn't like it was an empty shoot. Um, and I got seventh at Hautapu. Pretty happy with those results. Um, yeah. But then I have bad days too, but everybody seems to. And you just drop a bunch of easy points and... You, you sort of rock it back up the leader, um, back down the sort of leaderboard, you know. So, so do you, when we we had a few shoots in our place now and been to a couple of others, is it the usual suspects always around the top five sort of yes. thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, you got sort of some of the target dynamics boys, so Christian and Stuart and those guys. Yeah. Uh, if the Gillises are competing, you you, sh- you know you got you really got to watch out for them. Yes. Uh, yes. They're uh, pretty good. Um, and, and so yeah, Malcolm's built an open class gun now which he's starting to play with so which is pretty cool and then yeah maybe one or two of the Taranga boys are sort of pretty deadly on a good day um, so yeah it's it's generally there's, there's a, the, the same sort of characters who are taking it out or at least filling up that top five top so ten. a class for people who, whose name, last name rhyme with Phyllis would be helpful for to 
help you climb up the leaderboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, the thing we see a lot is actually guys who would, who are a bit newer to it would and they shoot the open class and whereas they probably could shoot the uh, the hunter class, you know. Um, but some it's unfortunate or, or, or sportsman's class depending what shoot some guys might have a lot more fun in that uh, shorter range class and it's still very challenging um, yeah but yeah some people see it as like oh no no I'm, I'm too good for that whereas a lot of the time you're not it's it's, it's super competitive um, uh, well I guess going back to gun selection I often see the ones that are up there have got the same gun set up you know that they've been using rifle set up um same scope so you know that's obviously something they've been doing all their work on practicing on sort of thing mm. so which is for for me and you seems like a weird foreign concept doesn't it but yeah yeah <laughs> well simon for example he runs the same or at least not the very similar optic on his 22 yeah his precision 22 is a carlos 525 so whatever i'm not sure of the model but um and it's configured very similar and he may even run the same bipod and such yeah um and it's and it's nothing ridiculously fancy either. It's not a twenty thousand dollar setup. It's you know it's a it's a nice scope on an older Sarko with a, a sort of nice barrel on it. It's nothing, you know, nothing mental. Yeah. Um, but again, skill. You, oh, I don't know. You, I don't think you can buy um, uh, talent. That's for sure. So you, some people go now. Oh, I don't. You know, this shooting sports. It's a, it's an arms race and this and that and I don't think it particularly is I think there's certain aids that help you uh, as in sort of bags and tripods and, and, and what have you but we're sort of trying to write them out through the rules so the stage will specifically prohibit you from using a piece of equipment yeah um, but then you could have a you could have a Schmidt and Bender that's $7,000 and a Target Dynamics build you a gun you know or a full setup cost you 20 grand whatever it is and if you're no good at shooting you're still not going to hit bugger all I've I've been working with a few new shooters lately, and they're um, so they've bought modern firearms and, and sort of very capable calibers. They've got capable scopes, and then you sort of go through the basics. You you work out all the dope for them, the lab radar, but then they're wondering sometimes why aren't I hitting at distance? Yeah, you know, and what's because well, it's not just the dialing; it's it's the wind, it's your body position being different from when you previously shot. You you're not <clears throat> you haven't you've got the scope canted. You've got this and that going on. Um, your, your legs are twisted, your body position's all hunched up, and you're not shooting, you know, in a repeatable manner, and, and they're not getting the results, and they're just under the insu- <coughs> assumption that drop several thousand dollars, and you'd always be able to hit that thousand meter target or that eight hundred meter target. No, so like all things, it's a bit a balance. Having if you have the heaviest rifle, which will recoil, with the stage design, where you've got kneeling and standing, or you know, different different postures that's going to be a detriment isn't it if, yeah if you've got a super heavy rifle but yeah so in in the states they've definitely in, in the everything gets sort of compared to like the national rifle league over there in the precision rifle right. series yeah <clears throat> and we've got there are certain similarities in, in like the practical field shooting that we do here in the north island of new zealand but um i don't think you're at a huge disadvantage running a hunter weight firearm no, in a mild recalling caliber, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, my little two sixty Remington, it's a Tika T three, running the factory mags, factory stock. It's got a, a, a scope that can um, dial on it, a, a, a Zeiss HD five. 
that I could I could compete with that even in the open class I'd just be limited by my magazine capacity yeah um, if I if I kept it in that configuration and it's got a, a hunter weight barrel you know it, it's again the most you're going to do is 10 shots and so if you shoot three and one mag or something really spicy yeah you're probably going to get a bit of uh, <clears throat> walking shots especially on a, a lightweight barrel yeah which is I guess crucial if you've got the ultimate lightest barrel it's probably not ideal so mm. heat yeah, wise yeah. And, but then again, would that those rifles be more suitable for the hunter class? Yeah, probably. But um, as you know, I just uh, had a friend out last weekend. He just bought a seven mil rim mag, mm-hmm. Tika, Aspire, I think it is. They come with a five shot mag standard, so that's good. Um, but I guess if you're starting out in it, just having a gun that you can easily drop rounds into, even if you've got a three round mag or four round mag, mm. one that feeds well, from you know just dropping them in the top. Yeah, it's going to do you initially, isn't it? So yeah, and it all depends on application, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, again, I wouldn't like those Seymour Remag Tikas. They shoot good, but they they don't like a lot of rounds through them. Uh, no, they walk really quick, and without a muzzle device, they're incredibly harsh on the shoulder. Um, so I wouldn't run one of those in the open class. To be honest, I'd probably not run one in the hunter class either. I'd rather run something a little bit with less recoil. Um, yeah, uh, but again, if you had to, you had to. Whatever, use what you got. Definitely don't buy another gun if you can't afford one, and you just want to get out and go shooting. But, but that <clears throat> for a hunting gun, that that similar remag, two or three shots is sort of what you're going to do unless you're culling goats. Yeah, um, excellent, accurate, affordable, relatively lightweight. Yeah, for the you know, um, so yeah, it's just. But whereas if that was in, um, say six point five or three oh eight or two sixty or or anything based on the 308 or whatever, um, for, you could use it more in those competition type settings, just with the higher velocity, um, the higher volume of ammo needed, and and less cost of ammo too. And just that less, slightly less punishing recoil. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't. Um, I shoot a lot of surplus. We, we were there when we were shooting the Mausers at a K, the, the yeah. K98s. Like, yeah. It was hard on the arm. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I mean, it's because they've got a steel butt pad too. <laughs> Very traditional. Yes. Yeah, but you know, and um, if God, if, if the internet, if I started using one of those pads under my shirt, and you guys on the internet found out, I'd never hear the end of it. So that's true. <laughs> but like, I'm gosh, I'm tempted sometimes. Like after that day of shooting, I had a significant bruise on my arm. Yeah, because um, I, I try and encourage people to come and come and enter some of these just field shoots and mm-hmm. gong shoots. Um, but you just get this from from people that are into hunting, but they're a bit I don't know weary of coming along. They think I don't know maybe they're afraid the like it's shown up. But you learn so much so quickly, and mm. as long as you got you know well, sort of reasonably good standard rifle, probably just with a, you know your optics aren't complete rubbish, but something with a, a reasonable scope, yeah. you're, you're you're away. I mean, the hunter class is out to what six hundred meters normally. So uh, oh, for the four hundred. Yeah, yeah. So this that pre raw shoot. Um, Gillis practical rifle events put on just before we got locked down for 350 or 400 meters true yes and it was it was real good fun wasn't it we had a blast and yeah it was actually good to get out one last competition before we got uh, locked in, in the house but i think you, you're right though a lot of guys um i think there's a little bit of ego involved that they don't want to because a lot of people think they're an excellent shooter yeah you know but um when you sort of get compared in a situation like that you, you, your skills might be found to be lacking a little bit but you're not. No one's going to make fun of you. You know they're not going to come out and be like, "Oh, shivers, you did terrible on that stage. I wouldn't even bother shooting." They're going to encourage you. You know, you're like, you know, 
maybe try this or do this or well that's why i enter so at least people have someone to go well it wasn't as bad as mark <laughs> so what you're saying is if if, if, if hunters are keen to come along give yep. it a go they'll still beat you correct okay that's, <clears throat> that's my goal because i'll pick an obviously not suitable gun and bring that along mm. by default like yeah. a 450 bushmaster or my lever action 3030 <laughs> <clears throat> which wasn't even sighted in correctly anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is, i think yeah i ship um, when i entered my first one i i entered I, I finished right back in the hunter class standings yeah let alone the open class um i didn't know how to dial i didn't even really understand holding over properly I didn't know what velocities my ammunition was doing. I didn't know how to test that back then without a chronograph. But I had so much fun. Yeah. You know, and, and the dudes there are just, well, everyone's rather like-minded. You know, you, a lot of people sort of, they're people who have similar interests to you, you know. No, no, and you can get to try a lot of guns. People are really keen for people to try their, try out their gun. They're not, not too, you know. Yeah. Boot a bit of ammo, learn, try a different platform, which yeah. gives you some insight into what you can look at getting later on if you decide to. Hmm. to upgrade yeah um, no, I think it is a really good way and, and even just for hunters not necessarily like diving headfirst into pre- the whole precision world but even just doing the odd ye- yearly event or maybe twice yearly depending and just picking up some skills to improve their hunting yeah you know one issue I see um, with, with people I hunt with who, who don't shoot competitively and not all of them but to some is, is getting ready quickly to take a shot Unless it's right in front of them. If they've got to do any sort of math or ranging, doping, whatever, by the time they do it, it's the opportunity gone a lot of the time to, to take the shot. So if you can build a position quickly, range the animal, go off either your chart or your phone, and then accurately take your shot, taking into account wind and angle or, or, or whatever situation you're in, that's a better thing in my eyes, rather than buggering it up and, and, and missing that opportunity just because you just, you just don't have the experience to yeah to, uh, to get to work quickly because um, in competition you're under time you have to um, no I guess the, probably the best educational thing I've seen from mates of mine that hunt is you know up on our farm we've got a 500 yard gong 450 metres whatever but once they start shooting at that and with a bit of crosswind they suddenly realise you know how much that comes into play out past three, 300, 400 sort of thing. Yeah. If, if it's a, conditions are a bit rough. So, and I've seen that in itself. They've learned a lot more about placing shots. Mm. And that's and, where, like, we were shooting um, the other day with some of your mates in the two two three on the five hundred yard gong. Yeah. Like there was sort of several meters of wind because we we <coughs> weren't really able to dial the wind on that situation, so we we're holding it. Yeah. And it was significant. Like the three oh eight was like two minutes. But the yeah. 55 grand 223 was, I, I don't have the measurement, but it was it was a lot. You, not, I wouldn't have accurately been able to engage game at that distance with that wind with a 223. Not that I'd shoot a 55 grand that far to go, but yeah, regardless of that, yeah. Um, and that was in the same wind conditions, so you had 308 yeah. was flying a lot straighter, I guess, yeah, for yeah. one of a room in, in the 223, the lighter projectile, all that sort of thing. Was, mm. Yeah. Not Swinging in like a, a spin bowler. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but again, again, that's just stuff you pick up on, stuff you learn. Yeah. And there's these gadgets that can help you sort of um, read the wind where you are. Um, but again, nothing beats practice. That's for sure. So. No, mucking around with a stationary target in 
windy conditions does it helps a lot yeah that's what you know it's the same old thing so mm. no that's good yeah what else we got written down on that uh on our run sheet well uh we've got i guess we've spent a lot talked a lot about events so what's coming up i mean we've obviously got uh the uh td winter field shoot or what do we decide to name it yep uh, coming up in a fortnight or so um gillis practical rifle events is helping out with that as per normal um sold out straight away a couple of hours um which is cool um probably going to get a little bit wet a few showers blow through but uh yeah it should be good a good day shouldn't take too long to get through all the stages um probably plan a few of the stages next weekend with simon yeah um and sort of map that out and yeah it'll, it'll be good it's sort of the idea is a lot of guys have been locked up for a long time with um the pandemic so do a bit of a shoot sort of duck shootings tapering off for most people so yeah yep. shoot some precision rifles and have some fun and uh challenge yourself a little bit anyway not a particularly long range shoot i think open's only gonna be out to about 550 600 meters and then the uh the hunter class will be at the probably three 350 yeah depending on where we set targets but um yeah it'd be good Good, good. About about a third of the competitors are hunter class, which is about normal when the rest are in open. Yeah. So what's coming up in July? The Tokara. Oh yes, we've got uh yeah Gillis Practical Rifle Events is doing the uh, one of their sort of um, twenty two shoots they do at the uh, Tokara sh- Shooting Sports Complex. Um, he usually holds two a year in the sort of colder months where it's a bit wet to be um, running around people's farms. Um, so. But, they're pretty pretty good events actually. I haven't been there, so give me is it a covered range to it or yes. a covered covered um shooting position? Yep. Yep, so that's the that's the, the big difference from what we're used to normally is it is covered in. It's you're still cold. <laughs> <laughs> but it has got a roof which is um it makes for a hell of a difference. Um and I think there's the same thing, there's two classes. Open goes out to about two hundred metres with the your twenty two long rifle and then the hunter class just goes to hundred metres. Um, if it's if it's not windy, it's not too hard. Um, but if it's windy, shivers. It gets really difficult, um, especially in the open class. You know, just trying to push those little projectiles out that far. Um, but it's a good day, and it's not. It's quite central too for North Island shooters. You know, Auckland. Yeah. Everything. Those sort of. And was it for us going to be through from your house here? A couple of hours. Yeah. Um, so there's a four of us heading over. So what's a winning setup for Tokoroa? Uh, mags that feed well. Right. <laughs> That's issues I've had in the past has been um, uh, troubles with magazines. I'm having sp- in the open class having s- spare magazines, so having multiple. Yeah. You know, sort of like a couple of spare ten rounders. Yeah. Um, is, is definitely a big help. Uh, even in the hunter class. If you've got one five round magazine, that's going to suck a little bit because you're going to have to reload under the clock, I imagine. Right. And then other than that, just yeah, something that's zeroed in, something you you, you either a BDC that works well or something you can dial and and accurate velocity readings. Um, yeah, and then just sort of you know trigger control and <laughs> try and hit the targets. They're not they're not big targets. Simon doesn't put out big targets for him for. I mean, a lot of twenty twos don't have they're pretty standard scopes on them, so. Mm. Um, but you're saying a dialing scope if you can yeah. in the open class yeah it's very much recommended um hunter class i could run a 20 like a a standard sort of three to nine but yep. i would want some form of bdc or reference points yeah 
you know, because if you've got a 25 metre zero with standard velocity, you're going to have, on average, nine minutes of angle to 100. Um, and unless you're just guessing it, um, just something you can reference off in the uh, in the rear course is going to be a big help. Yeah. Which is another trend we're seeing a bit more. Most scopes really should come with non-duplex reticles, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff that's more comp- with with more. Yeah. Um, I guess hash marks in terms of for ranging distance and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're shooting at two hundred meters, prob- like away from a twenty-two, but it probably doesn't matter that much. No. But with a twenty-two, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, a twenty-two's got the um, the flight path of a um, an elephant, you know. So it's it's not. Yeah, you, you need to have your wits about you a little bit. Yeah. But you're still going to have fun, even if you're a new shooter. Don't get too caught up, and I have to be really good, and I have no, to be no. professional. You know, I mean, it's, it's I think it may already be sold out, but there's always people pull out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just had a guy pull out of the shoot, our one, who hasn't even booked in, so. You know, <laughs> it's good. He's not coming. asking for a refund, but I'm not sure how. Anyway, <clears throat> I'll sort that out later on. But yeah, no, this, I'm, I quite like the 22 stuff. I've been meaning to get out and do a bunch of practice, um, but it just hasn't happened. So, All right. So, what are the winningest 22 shooters use? What are the what are some of the rifles? I mean, I'm very familiar with the 1022s, and you, in the open class, you generally don't see many 1022s at the top. Yeah. Um, not that they can't. Uh, CZs, the four five five, four five sevens. Right. Um, the Tikas are coming in. The T one Xs. Yep. Um, this majority of see some, some people run the really those. I don't remember the model, but some of the Flash Sarcos. Um, but you, you you start to talk the about Sarco Quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the ones with the wooden, yeah, yep. fancy wooden stock. Yeah, yep. that's the one. You see a few of those. Um, yeah, but something, but like a T one X, is fine for the open class, or a CZ four five two, four five five, four five seven. Yeah. They're all perfectly fine, um, you know. Like it, it's, you can have a lightweight sporting profile barrel in your twenty-two. It doesn't matter. No, I've, I've never been able to heat one up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. So um, stuff like that. As long as it's a good barrel. Like if you, if you, I mean, some JW fifteen shoot good, but I know a lot don't. In the Renko's, if it's if the gun's not shooting well, you're probably not going to do. You know, if it's not zeroed or your ammo isn't grouping well. Yeah. But so one thing in the open class, you'll see more guys running um, higher quality rimfire ammunition. So as in your... Uh, so what is that? <clears throat> so Lapua, like Lapua Center X or something. Right. And you, you're starting to talk like around nearly up to 50 cents around. <coughs> so it's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Right. So um, my bucket of bullets won't cut it. No, a bucket of bullets. Oh, you, well, you can do what you like. <laughs> but I'm, I've never been a huge fan of bucket of bullets because mm-hmm. they're not cheap anymore. But anyway... Uh, another one you'll see is SK do some really good ammo and it's still affordable yeah so it's a, theirs is about $12, $13 for 50 um, what I've found to be incredibly consistent in several platforms and, and groups really well is the SK um, pistol match right so it's, a, it's a match round for pistols but it, it shoots exceptionally well and um, they do a rifle match and then they do several other options they do a semi-automatic match um, the trouble with it is is not many places I know stock it, so you have to get it from Belmont Ammunition in Monganui. Okay. Um, so when I get, when I have friends going past, they usually pick me up a box or something. Yeah. So because I use mainly semi-autos and pest control work, um, I'm always aiming for reliability mm-hmm. in terms of 
not you know no failure to fire so that's why i probably stuck to cci yeah generally and, um, and we're using this in bolt actions too yeah so that, that those issues the inherently have the semis are sort of irrelevant for us no. for the most part so you got you know goods i mean the lock time on a 22 is pretty slow but you've still got a lot i find more consistent firings than on a yeah. semi, which could possibly be to, to do with how dirty they get being a blowback system um, you know the more junk in them possibly um, but you see those sort of you know competition 1022s and various ones heavier barrels and but so is it just that people pull the trigger too much for the semi-auto and I don't, don't get ready I, th- I think if you're a good shooter and you had a good yeah good semi-automatic you'd do fine yeah. um i think but for what like you get a 1022 and, and spend three thousand dollars on upgrading it and you've got a gun that's as good as a kit uh, as a as a cz <sighs> God, yes, that's my bug, my bugbear, Graham. It's yeah, I know you don't like modifying things. Don't modify it. But you know what I mean? So like, if you're going to spend all that money, yeah, and you could just buy a CZ for $1,000 or, or a Tika or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the bolt gun is... Yeah, you're going to get good results. Yeah. And like the Tika's got a, a really nice adjustable trigger. It's got the Tika trigger. Um, so you, you, you don't need to replace it with a fancy aftermarket trigger. You've got a really, really good trigger. No. Off the bat, yeah. No, that's why I like, you know, with um, Savage, I've got a 22 Magnum and a 78 HMR. they got mm-hmm. the Accu Trigger as a standard, which is pretty good. Some people yeah. don't like the blade part. I, of I it, don't but, mind the blade. It's fine. But no, I've, I've, you know, which is good. You know, you're not just getting a super heavy trigger single stage thing that you mm. have to end up replacing anyway if you yeah. want to improve. So Yeah, and yeah i think it depends how much you want to pay to because a lot of 20 you get that sort of six six hundred dollar range of 22s and then you sort of go up to the thousand or a little bit more but i mean if things are over a thousand dollars for a rimfire I'm, I'm expecting pretty good results or you know it's, i want it to be feeding perfectly i want it to be smooth i want the trigger to be good yeah because yeah, i mean it's, it's still a rimfire you know a thousand dollars for a centerfire is not really a big deal but for the rimfire that's a it's a lot of money for what's considered like a, a, a firearm for teaching children or shooting possums, you know. So if I was a big noter with more money than cents, what what would I bring to the event of the 22? Sarko quad. Sarko. <laughs> um, you, you, yeah, you can... I'd Lithgow, the crossover, um, they're nice. Or An Olympic biathlon 22? That's single shot, I think. Oh, aren't okay. They? Yeah. Right. And they're generally got um, average size. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and they and all of them are heavy. Um, because yeah, you you are going to be shooting um, positional stuff over sort of off the tank trap or whatever Simon's dragged right. up, you know. Yeah. Yep. So it's not as if you're just shooting um, prone or, or or like a yeah. A no, that's the thing with covered ranges. You always just imagine people either sitting or lying down, mm. plinking away. Well, that's what normally happens. There yes. Until yes. we turn up. Yes. Yeah. But there we go. It's it's a good shoot. Um, there's a, there's a good club room there too for price giving and, and safety briefing. So if the weather's terrible, it doesn't matter. Good. Um, his his lovely um, partner usually cooks a big pot of stew or there's sausages or something afterwards too for price giving and a bit of hot food. Um, so it's a good day. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it's good that covers all for that. Um, I guess some things that are coming out the next while that we've sort of been looking forward to seeing. I mean, uh, um, I've seen the Sig Cross Rifle early on. Mm-hmm. from the states so sort of piqued my interest a bit um i think they may end up coming here but the the folding stock's an issue but mm. um i think if you extend the barrel length then that would be pro- 
problem solved. So yeah, there's, the, I, I, there's nothing worse than when a manufacturer releases something a year or so before it's actually ready to go. You know, yeah, you, you, you like that's the, you know, you, you got to. I mean, we're always last to get anything here in New Zealand, but um, waiting sort of two years for something is always a bit painful. The novelty wears off in yeah. terms of yeah. your initial excitement. Oh, I'd get one of them. <laughs> then you're like, oh no. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what though, if that 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 Fury round is, is does what it's meant to do, so two seventy one, twenty six inch barrel, power and six, a six, sixteen inch barrel, sixteen yeah. inch barrel. Yeah, yeah, so it's meant to have the power of a tw- you know, of a full hunting sort of so round. Just for those out of the loop, it's uh, basically a high pressure round developed for a US military trial. So mm. it's um it's got actually a stainless steel base with a brass, basically rest of the case. Yeah. So it can handle up to 80,000 yeah. PSI. So you're going to burn barrels. Yeah. But I mean, in, in military application, it's high power, short package. And so I, stuff that can defeat walls and body armour. Yes. Um, but for us, as Kiwi hunters and sportsmen, especially for the hunters, it poses an interesting um, solution to removing barrel length and losing velocity whereas you could go with a 16 inch barrel in this in this caliber in this chambering and retain um, longer range performance and, and big power for say shooting cattle beasts or yeah. uh, wapiti or some you know bigger body yeah. animals at distance but you still want that short package to be able to move through the uh, through the scrub so there I think there's a, definitely some potential there for civilian application in New Zealand anyway. So Google it, 277 Fury. It's mm. interesting to have a read about it. Yeah. But, um, Hopefully we'll get our hands on one. Obviously we'll have the spectrum of comments from why do we need another cartridge to... <laughs> and speaking of why we need another cartridge, I think you've got a bit of interest in the recently announced, last week I think it was, Hornady, the 6mm ARC ARC. ARC. Yeah, it looks interesting. Well, most is people who, who, who follow what we do is... I'm shooting 6.5 Grendel a lot already. Um, one of the rifles I replaced my ARs with was a, um, a, a little Howler Mini, the varmint barreled version, and I've put in a chassis and spent far too much money on it. But performance is good. So 6.5 Grendel's what, 123 grand? One tw- 123 grand. I've got it doing about 2,430 right. average. So it's no, it's no slouch. No, no, no recall. Gets no, out none. there. Yeah, and none. I've shot and it, and it's a nice gun to shoot. So Yeah. 6mm arc is basically a neck down 6.5 Grendel. Yeah, and so it's, it's like the thing you see, the, the trend with, um, and most trends we follow come from America, but the, away from the 6.5s Creedmoors down to the 6mm Creedmoors. Yeah. So I guess it's the same idea. Um, f- again, this has been developed for a military contract for an AR platform. Um, you know, we don't we don't have that option anymore because of um, public safety. So, But the, the mini action sort of taken off in New Zealand uh, there's, there's plenty of people saying the Grendel would die out overnight with the lack of ARs albeit I don't remember many people actually having Grendel ARs in New Zealand but since then with the Howard Mini they've shit for a while you couldn't even get one they were selling that quick right um, so it's not as if people didn't want them like as much as people go oh there's no use for that well, obviously someone has one so it looks like Howard's going to do a Mini in 6mm arc right so if, if we get the arc here, uh, sorry, the, the Howard Mini, and, and, and <laughs> not Noah's arc, and no. an arc, yeah, Noah's arc. Um, I think it will be at least relatively popular. So it's backed by Hornady, obviously, it's their cartridge. Yeah. Um, I see Steve's wholesalers already sharing a bunch of stuff about it. So if there's demand, he'll bring in. Then he'll bring in the ammo. They've already got brass, ammo, and dies ready to go. 
Right. So it's not like the Fury where we've got to wait two years. They've already built all this stuff, you know, so, and it's already been tested a lot by the looks. So <clears throat> hopefully we get a Howl Mini in six months or a year. Yeah, um, which is what I don't, I don't, I don't mind about Hornady tend to announce stuff and have it on the market. Which is cool. Which is, rather than saying, oh, this would be coming down the track yeah, well, at some point. That's what happened with, I mean, and, and you've got one, and we were doing a shoot with it, but with the Valkyrie. There's this big hype program, and it wasn't really ready to go. No. It's been refined now. Yeah. And it's sort of damaged its reputation heavily. Oh, that early ammo batch problems and various yeah. things. And the jackets were too thin, and bullets were blown to bits, and it was <clears throat> didn't work out overly well for them. Um, so then now the debate is, well, not the debate, but so, you know, the 90, 90 grain 224 Valkyrie versus the was it 108 grain 6mm arc yes and what's, what's all going well we'll be able to test it true. side by side directly yes. side by side no I've just picked up some federal 90 grain ammo for that so that'll be interesting and I finally have all the components to start reloading for your Valkyrie 2 ah good good <laughs> so you don't have to buy that super expensive match ammo yes yeah. and we should be able to get it even more consistent too but no. I mean the arc again if we get the Howard minis i think it will at least be relatively popular it's supported by one of the if not the biggest um ammunition manufacturer yeah um yeah and 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 for um for closer range stuff medium range events you know 500 meters 600 meters it's going to be it'll be all right um short range hunting don't see why not smaller game yeah yeah i mean people pe- the same people who are going to moan about any new calibers are going to moan about it I'll just stick to my two four three. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, or, 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 or you know, so it's that's that's that neither here nor there. But yeah, um, like oh, I've really enjoyed the Grendel. I enjoy seven six two three nine in a bolt action. Um, yeah, yeah. Albeit yeah. that is anemic. Um, yeah, so I think it'll again if the right companies bring the gear in, it'll be at least relatively popular. I will definitely play with it. Um, potentially a custom gun builder in New Zealand is maybe making one for us to play with um maybe well it's good so a few podcasts down the line we might have some feedback to report yes you're using one so it'll be good yes that'd be good like if we you know i mean they're gonna have to get a reamer in because obviously they found about it when we did a week ago yeah um i, I imagine there's reamers ready to go if someone's making them i guess um or yeah, they might just get the specs and make their own they're a pretty high precision machine shop so yeah um that could be pretty cool It'll, this will be fancy too it's going to be all titanium carbon fibre it's not it's not going to be a howl mini it's going to be like prohibitively expensive <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it's going to be trick um, no. so yeah that, so that'll happen hopefully um, so we might actually get so instead of just pretending we know about it hopefully we can actually talk about our experience which will be long range shooting medium range um, probably shoot some pigs with it some goats yeah. um, whatever else we can find running around yeah um, and actually see i mean we already know how the projectiles are going to perform because it's, they're already mass produced but um yeah we'll see how we go hunting up to say 300 meters nothing ridiculous but um yeah i'm, I'm looking for i'm looking forward to it yeah it'll be good run yeah. a comparison with the 224 side by side mm. have a muck around with that because i yeah. do i do like that i mean very no recoil pretty quiet with a suppressor on it too so yeah. and it's accurate too yeah isn't it it's yeah. um and yeah, had no issues good. savage action you know savage barrel and which savage is pretty accurate rifles i mean i just have a few issues with their magazine yeah if you magazines. could convert that i wonder if you can to like a, a, to take the smaller yeah ai, AI, AI mags yeah um, that'd be yeah if you could get like reliable 10 round magazine feeding and that thing 
that'd be a, a deadly little uh, pest control gun actually well all these mini action rounds have pretty much all been developed to fit AR yeah. It, 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 that's the whole thing is an AR-15 not mm. ART yeah. so yeah. so you <clears throat> that's where you grind all your arc your 224 I think the Nosler not 22 Nosler the other one I couldn't tell you I don't know that's it. yeah that, that's also yeah pretty similar performance to yeah. the and I mean just because we don't have the ARs anymore unless, no. unless you've got a pest control pest control P yeah not well, there's like 14 categories but anyhow um, yeah it's for for intermediate work, I think it'll still be super effective, um, but but time will tell, and we'll hopefully play with one, or it'll just I, d- I doubt it'll I doubt it'll die out as quickly as the Valkyrie has. I'm I don't even you're the only person I know in New Zealand with a Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Good early adopter. <laughs> that, that uh, most likely, there might be a museum. End piece. up with a round that is now completely discontinued. <laughs> That's my luck in general. So, that, yeah, no, that'll end up in a museum. That that rifle eventually will be famous. But um, yeah, no, it, it'll, it'll be cool. We'll, we'll we'll at least have a play with it if we can. And um, all right, something else that piqued my interest was the Benelli Lupo. So, which the shotgun-looking bloody thing. <coughs> yeah, well, yeah, they've obviously done a few design things. I mean, it's coming out in sort of the traditional calibers. So yeah, two seventy, thirty oh six, three hundred wind mag. Um, are they not doing a 6.5 Creedmoor? Oh, they probably will. Yeah, they'd, they'd be smart too. I don't think the first production run, they must be just doing all longer action stuff. So, uh, yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, it's certainly it's a, it's, designed, it's a hunting sort of gun. It's got the recoil mitigation stuff off the shotguns oh, okay. incorporated yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, you don't see that a lot in centerfire rifles. No. So, yeah, I'll just, once again, it's, it's piqued my interest. So, interesting way they've done the... It's almost like a mini chassis yep. that the forend and the buttstock are attached to, in a way. So, okay. in a in a rifle, standard hunting rifle looking sort of package. So, yeah, double stack mags. You know, still taking four or five rounds. Okay, see, so see, that's where it's double stack, especially for hunting rifles. So, yeah, you've got one that the sows. Yeah, sow hundreds or one hundred. Yeah, sow one hundred. Yeah, I had that one on tro- uh, on on sort of T and E for uh, for six months and. The magazine on it was fantastic. Yeah, clipped in nice, sat flush. It ejected out really nice, and it was a double stack. And two came in the box. Did it? How good is that? Did they not rob it? No, not going here. Do you want a, do you want a spare a, magazine? Only two hundred dollars from Tika. Here's a question. Yeah, did your um, uh, what's your six five Tika? What model is that again? Uh, one. Tika one. Did that come with the extra mag? Uh, rumor has it it would have, but I think the importer took it out. I heard. I heard they were being taken out again whether that's true because I read and I looked in Aussie and, and <laughs> the Australian one you got a case two magazines something else and something else basically mm. and we got mm, just the gun yeah, and a optional mag. extras yes because <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're already ex- they're already a pricey setup correct um, and because they're not AI mags so you have to buy no yeah proprietary yeah and which I thought was really stupid at the start until I looked at them they are super cool they're a co- I couldn't even believe they're a 10 round mag they're so compact, but you've still got to go buy another one. They are not a hundred dollar MDT mag; they're turn twenty dollar yeah. ticker mag. They're very good magazines. Though. Yes, a, no, they are. Which you know, I do. <clears throat> some of your standard mags, you know, your as AI, mm. whatever, yeah, they often you can have a bit of work to get into. To, yeah. to you know, it's a bit of fine tuning to get into mm-hmm. run well. So, yeah. which yeah. you know, being me, Mark, just buy a factory gun. Mm. I just. 
I'm happy that when they have a good mag that comes standard. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was again. Just throw two in for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm managing you can get another one. But not that you ever turn up to a competition with that bloody thing anyway. No, I will. I will. I'll. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a rational thought and bring it rather than something that's going to miss everything. So yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. But I mean, hey, that's again. I don't hundred percent know that's happening. That we were meant to get two, but no, um, it would be a shame if, if we were missing out on a mag, um, especially when a firearm is that expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Scopes that are coming out. Um, I think we're still waiting on the Vortex Strike Eagles, five to twenty-five by fifty-six. I think it is. So yes, thirty-four mil, mil I'm, tube. I'm quite excited about those as well. Yeah, they're potentially. We're getting into an era of sort of. For that sort of fifteen hundred dollar price range, you, you're getting like a lot for your money now. Yeah. Compared to sort of five years ago. Um, yeah. Well, so we've both got one coming. Should be here any time. Um, I'm not. I've got a six millimeter Creedmoor sitting there. Yeah. I'm trying to get together, so that'll probably live on that maybe for a while at least. Um, and yeah, you know, I think and I'll I'll throw in on the Valkyrie, so because I can oh, yeah, that'll be extend good that out. Yeah. Because yeah. currently I've got a BDX scope on it. Which, mm. which are great for just everyday use because they're all yeah. integrated Bluetooth and rangefinder setup. So yeah, but no, um, they're a pretty fully featured scope for the money. So they've got everything you pretty much want. They've got you know the zero stop and elimination. The yeah yeah, and the first focal plane. Yeah, and they are just mil- there's only one reticle I think it's the EBR. Oh yeah, which is fine. Although it's a bit, um, bit more clutter than I like. Um, and then it's just mill and MOA. So if whatever you choose with the, whatever measurement system, the old money or the new the new time sort of measurements, uh, it's got you covered. Um, I'm sort of slowly totally transitioning to mill on everything new I buy, if I can. Um, but it's neither here nor there, really, whether you're going to hit your target. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those, actually. It's, I've got some 34mm rings ready to go. I've got some... MDT rings I bought from a. I I get sent stuff to test, but then I have to go and buy like bigger rings. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then you're like, oh, I've got to go and spend like, and they're like 34 millimeter rings, aren't cheap, you know, because other. Yeah, I just got to the point where I normally have 30 30 mil rings lying around, because <laughs> I've pretty much got very little that's an inch, you know, yeah. uh, rings anymore. Exactly right. So I, have, I, have I bought some. I bought some uh, um, from Target Dynamics some MDT ones. They're, they're nice. So. I think they're the elite series whatever they are they're, they're, they're their sort of fancy ones um, so they're sitting there which would be good to actually put those to a permanent home anyway and, and then I brought a an Artable 1 to 10 power scope and blow me down that was 35 mil so does Leupold do 35s don't they? I think they do yeah on the, the VX Mark 5s no Mark I think it's the Mark 5 I'm, yeah oh, just to be a little bit different though yeah, well, that's where I had to get the rings from. Was I think it was loophole rings yeah. that, that I could get thirty-five mil. So I don't oh, know but why. they probably had a reason. They probably something how they build the scope. I don't know, but um, as long as you can get the bloody things. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, this means you sort of then, but you know, often you can chop and change your rings around. Or if, if you're trying to get the optimum for that gun, mm. if you got a few scopes in thirty mil, you know. For them, yeah. Yeah, and then you can play around with heights and stuff with different. Whereas if you make the wrong call and end up with a scope that's too low or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one's a Vortex Razor, the LHT. 
That's the, is that the lightweight one? You yeah, lightweight, about? yeah. 3 to 15 by 40 odd. I think there's a 50 mil version as well. But it's got a, Is it capped elevation? Yeah. Uh, no. It's got a zero stop. Yeah. Elevation-wise, capped windage, um, mm-hmm. and a, a more busy reticle in terms of all the holds, holdovers yep. and everything in it. So, Which I think is good. I mean, it, it's sort of in that range price-wise with the... Loophole VX5. Yeah, so around two grand, just under. Yeah, should be eighteen hundred, maybe yeah. nineteen hundred. That, that could be a good hunting option. Because I mean, like the the, the VX5 is sort of what you see a lot of nowadays selling for, for hunters who want to extend their range out to sort of five six hundred meters. Yeah. Great glass, I do like them as a scope. There's, there's a good reason people are buying them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a ploy. They um, they've got the the locking button on your zero, so to turn the turret, you have to physically engage the button. Um, zero stop, obviously. Um, yeah, and the fire dot on them. Yeah, that one we were shooting last weekend. That it's such a fine little dot. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but it helps. And I've not shot one in um, hunting conditions, but I imagine it at low light. It is awesome. I've we've been out, and it's been virtually dark, yeah. and I could make out the pig in my thermal handheld, mm-hmm. and the guys lying down shooting it with his the VX5 and he can still see it yeah and then the naked eye I'm, it's too dark so yeah, yeah pretty yeah. awesome low light which yeah that's neat so ultimately I'd like to put a VX5 fire dot on my um Hell's Canyon Seymour Remig my Browning um the Cytron's <laughs> given up the ghost the reticle started turning inside the scope it's a, it's facing one o'clock now so you anyway, know, the Vortex in the same ra- uh, league I suppose in terms of it's got the same zoom you know mm. magnification yeah but I guess it's got more complex reticle, which I think we, it means that then you've got a bit more versatility as in a you know competition. Yes, type a crossover type. Crossover. Where, yeah. where I see the vo- the loophole letting you down is its reticle options are yeah. limited. Um, yeah, I, I, even though it's specifically a hunting gun, I'd still like to have some reference points in the scope that I can use, some rather than just a a, a duplex or a Bruni Crockett or something. So. Yeah, so, okay, so Vortex is done. I haven't actually seen them. No, no, I, once again, it's, um, I'd be keen to have a look at one. And yeah, they'll, be, they'll have them at Seeker Show, no doubt. Yeah. And so, which is going ahead now that um, the world stopped ending, so which is going to be cool. Is I that might, in September, is it? I no? think it's September. Yeah. End of carving. You, know, someone you don't will, have dairy cows. Someone will tell us. Fine. Um, I might be there with Steve's Wholesalers, maybe, or depending, I have to get in contact with them. I did reloading demos last year for about a... 10,000 people. Did you? Yeah. I thought... Oh, that'd I did, be um, exciting. <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> I mean yes. now, the idea was um, a new reloader. So if, if you already knew how to reload... Yeah. Don't... I'm not going to teach you anything. But like for someone who's like, I want to get into reloading. So we had like a press set up, um, scales, digital scales, trimming brass. We had concentricity, not that they really need to worry about concentricity. I'm setting up dies. It's too many syllables. <laughs> powder throwing. So yeah. like I, I went at, I, we had a powder thrower. So it was me and Stu from Target Dynamics and we went and bought chia seeds because we were thinking we need it. We don't want to put powder in these things but we want to show them how to throw um, a charge. So you know, we got all this different stuff from the supermarket what was a similar size Yeah. and then we took it back and we had to see what uh, metered nicely. And it was chia seeds, which just happened to be the most expensive. They're like twenty dollars a pound or something. It was 
God, they're expensive. But yeah, so we did that. We and, and then just you know, and then people would talk to us and we'd say, oh, you can buy this set. And the, the the aim of it was to show them what they needed and then ultimately sell stuff, wasn't it? But um, yeah, and we did. We sold out all their presses. Um, oh, well, that's the thing. I guess anyone starting reloading, you go, what is most important? Do I need this yet? There's some bits mm. that you know. Um, do I go super precise on the powder charge type setup or yeah and what and, and, and a lot of what we talked about so is what do you what do you want to reload what caliber and what do you want to do with it yeah because some guys would be like oh I shoot like 10 rounds a year and I'd be like hey listen mate I probably wouldn't even bother you know you can no. spend $700 on the set but buy it and then when you get sick of it <laughs> sell it I'll buy it on trade me <laughs> cheaper <laughs> but yeah but you know what I mean if you shoot 10 rounds a year yeah you can go buy a box of the most premium ammo ever because it's going to be like $100 yeah or you can go and spend a substantial amount on a reloading kit. Because reloading will not save you money. That's just a myth. Especially what? <laughs> You've been um, lying to me all this time, Greg. Well, I mean, you could buy like a real, the real basic Lee anniversary kit and never upgrade any of it. And you might maybe save a little bit. And you can definitely tailor stuff to suit your firearm. But if you're shooting a lot... Are you talking money time. sunk up front for, over time? Yeah, the, the, I, don't, I don't save money reloading. No. Because I'm always buying more stuff. Damn it. I want to buy one of those fancy buddies. Steve's wholesale's relying on you to sell stuff, Graham, and now you're just... <laughs> well, that's the idea, they're not selling more stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you, if you shoot a very small volume, I wouldn't bother. If you shoot a large volume, yes. But then again, if you're just shooting goats at closer ranges, just buy a bulk 223 from Belmont. Because you, you're probably not going to load it for that price. Right. If you know someone who's got reloading gear, if you buy the components, then... Yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, funny enough, this weekend, my workmate, he dropped off, bought some similar weight dies. Yeah. Uh, we sort of went over some projectile choices, powder choices, yeah. and primers, and went through, sort of worked out roughly what we thought would work. And he's dropped it all off, and I'm just going to do a... He wants a load, sort of, mostly just for shooting deer. It's good. Your hourly rate's pretty low. It, well, for him, it's free. So it's, <laughs> it's extremely affordable for him. But, I mean, I've already got the presses. I've got the powder... Yeah. Yeah. electronic powder throws I've got all the stuff I've spent tens of thousands of dollars collecting over the years um, he doesn't have to worry about yeah and because he doesn't shoot a massive volume like I, I loaded up 50 rounds of 308 today 50 rounds of 708 will probably last him six months a year depending if he's culling goats yeah so um, it's probably not worth him buying all the gears anyway yeah no that's why I got all excited and then um, <clears throat> now that I've been using say I don't know the Creedmoor American Gunner ammo, 140 grain. Mm. What I said was 100 bucks for 50. Now yeah. it's not, but anyway, um, it's you know two dollars around. So yeah, what's? I mean, you're gonna so that, that's shooting the 140 grain. Yeah. Or no, Boatel hollow points. Hollow, yep. So they're probably 80 bucks for 100. Mm. 75, 80 bucks for 100, and then a pound of powder is about 80 dollars, 75 dollars, mm. and then you got say 10 dollars with the primers for 100 rounds. Yeah. Um, so you might save a tiny bit but not a lot and then you've still got to do load development so you there's rounds that you aren't shooting long range or you aren't shooting animals with you're shooting them at paper and if and if you're not clued up on how you're getting that done that might take you 100 or 200 <coughs> loaded reloads for you know for so again is that worth it yeah but if, if you if you figure out how to do it like I've got some methods that get me through it pretty quick now. Um, I can do it pretty fast. Right. And I've got a lab radar, which makes all the difference for 
tracking what I'm doing. I mean, is there any advantage in loading for a specific purpose? I mean, in the dark recesses of some ammunition shelves, and you'll see some reduced recoil rounds. I mean, yeah. do, you know, or do you just buy a two, two, three, and then you've got a reduced recoil? Yeah, that's it. So like, I, I reload a lot of uh, forty-four Magnum, right, to forty-four Special Specs. Yep. So it's slow. Yep. It's a lead bullet going like. Oh, it's eleven and three per second. It's it's slow, but but guys, they they're not doing anything special with it. They're just plinking with it. So, do you need that full power? No, not particularly. No. Um, yeah. So there is definite advantages, um, and, and where reloading really comes into its own is obsolete stuff. So the two to a four Valkyrie. Right. In a year, we might not be able to get any factory ammo for that. No, no. When we talk obsolete, we're talking about old, old cars. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> not something that's just oh, come okay, out two years ago and is now going to be dead. But yeah, so um, I've been, I'm reloading like 6.5 Jap. Um, I'm 3.03. Yeah. Because um, th- the options we get for 3.03 in New Zealand aren't particularly good. So I can reload. To be next to nothing, wouldn't they? Oh, you, know, you there's, get there's some. But. So you mostly get PPU, right. you get yes. SMB. That's what I've seen. Yeah. But the the we don't seem we get like 198 grain stuff. Yeah. PPU, yeah. And then we get like 150s. But most a lot of 303s were originally intended for or have been recited for. It's like the 174. Okay. Mark six. Don't quote me on that ammunition. Yeah. Going like so going like 2400 feet per second, um, or 25, whatever it is. So when you shoot like this big heavy round or this lighter faster round the, the sights aren't going to work particularly well and there is ways of working out what it's doing but yeah so i load up essentially what i tried to do is replicate mark 6 ammo and 303 albeit with not with cordite as a charge which was what they used to use as powder it was like looks like spaghetti and um, i use just um 2208 but so, so for 303 8mm mauser um surplus stuff it's definitely a big advantage yeah because some of it you just can't get like um yeah, six five jap. You can't really get that anymore, or or it's two hundred dollars for twenty. Yeah, what's the ones I've been familiar? Forty four forty, I think, is pretty obscure now. Yeah, so forty. So Hornaday do again. This was a few years ago because believe it or not, I used to shoot cavalry action. Right. Yeah, laughing. We used to dress up with aliases. <clears throat> um, you should bring that along to the next long range event. Yeah, and um, I shot forty four forty. I had some. Um, they were Berties, which are Italian replicas of old West firearms. Yeah, they're, they're in. They were represented as cults or something. Forty four forty. So you could buy actually hunting and fishing even had it in all places. I guess because there's a big cowboy action um uh sport in Taranaki. But they had Hornaday forty four forty. There is? Yeah, there's heaps of them. There's a whole posse. Okay. <laughs> oh they're cool dudes, they're just a bit weird. Um <coughs> I was wondering Don't take the heart, sorry, I apologise in advance. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, they can all leave. feedback to Graham. <laughs> um but they had the the cowboy loaded 4440 so when they shoot cowboy action they they load it quite slow because like you shoot steel like 10 feet away yeah um so but so 4440 you can get limited availability right. but it's expensive yeah yeah whereas to reload it so you you get either cast or by precast um 44 projectiles they're going to be like 150 dollars for 500 that cheap right trial boss powder you know and you buy like a big four a big four pound tub yep. and it's using like probably seven grains per charge or whatever it is so that that it'll last for eons yeah you, you're you going to get you know the amount of ammo you can load compared to sort of high performance precision rifle cartridges is immense but you mm-hmm. shoot a lot of it too um, 
yeah, but so definitely an advantage for even even forty five seventy. Forty five seventy is expensive. Um, Four fifty Marlin. I mean, it's obsolete now. Um, all those sorts of things. It's, it's definitely worth reloading for. All right. Well, it's been good. I think we'll um on the home run. So yeah, how's our time looking? Uh, a while. Yeah, I'll go on that. <laughs> I can't quite work out how to use some of the stuff yet. So. Yeah. Um, I think next podcast we might have uh, bring in a guest possibly so we don't bore each other to death again yeah um, and uh, a few projects to catch up on for next time so it'll be interesting hopefully we've had the vortex scopes arrive mm. that'll be good yeah and we should be able to give a bit of feedback on initial shooting alright cool alright we'll wrap it up there eh righto alright see you next time see ya